Welcome to ALC's Sermon of the Week podcast. In this week's episode, Pastor Ben Davis starts a new sermon series with a message on spiritual gifts. We're going to begin a series uh, of three messages called How to Fulfill Your Purpose in God Through Spiritual Gifts. And if you understand spiritual gifts properly, it will cause your sense of purpose to go way up, and not just purpose of what I ought to be doing, but fulfillment in what I am doing. And that's kind of our goal with this series, is, uh, is, is to really teach on spiritual gifts, but really to show how you can fulfill your purpose in Christ. Uh, having been living this way for so many years now, I can testify to you that living all out for Jesus and being fulfilled in using the gifts that He gave me for you is so much more fulfilling than just living for me. Can anybody else testify to that? Uh, it's just, uh, it's, I, I would never go back to what I had before. Uh, we thought it'd be fun to put a, um, a spiritual gifts test up on Facebook. We, we kind of sifted through some, and we found one online that we liked. Uh, we've got a screen for that. How many of you guys took the spiritual gifts test on, on our Facebook page? Raise your hand. Okay, that's great. If you didn't, you could do that even now if you want to. It's a hoot. Uh, I, if you, when you do this, I don't, what you don't want to do is take these spiritual gifts tests and let them pigeonhole you. That's not really the goal at all. Number one, it's meant to be entertaining, like a personality test. So if, you, if it's not, you know, so you want to do it with your family or your spouse or whatever, and let it be entertaining. We did it as a house church leaders group, and I was on Zoom, and, uh, and I could hear the laughter going on while they were taking the spiritual gifts test. It was, it was cracking me up. And so it, they're meant to be fun. The other thing is that they're meant to help us get moving. And I believe that is the key to understanding the spiritual gifts that God gives you. A parked car needs no direction. Would you say that? Say, a parked car needs no direction. So as long as your gear is in park, God won't show you what your gift is. But if you get your car moving, God will then reveal to you through His Holy Spirit what gifts He has given to you and then how you can benefit and how you can be more fulfilled in your relationship with Jesus and people by using the gift. And that's what 1 Peter 4.10 says, as each has received a gift. Would you put your hand on your heart and say, I've received a gift. Now, I believe that the personality tests that we take, which are a hoot, I bet I've taken 10 to 15 of those things of different kinds. Those reveal usually the way that God made me in my mother's womb. But when we talk about spiritual gifts, these are things that Jesus gave us through His Holy Spirit when we were born again. So there were things given to me as a child that came from the womb and some of my parents' training, but when I got born again, there were other gifts that Jesus gave me at my new birth, if you will. And that's what the uh, messages on spiritual gifts are. If you, by the way, that test that's on our Facebook page, it's not ours, it's somebody else's we found. It's, I like it because um, it is not going to say you are this and not that. It's going to say you score high in this and you score low in that. And by the way, it's good to know where you score high 
and where you score low. And I'll tell you why in just a few minutes. But it's going to benefit you to say, oh, I score high in that area. And it's also going to benefit you to say, I score low in that area. So he says, as each of you has received a gift from the Holy Spirit, use it to serve one another as good stewards. Would you say good stewards? stewards. See, we're stewards of God's varied grace. So the gifts represent God's varied grace. So um, this morning we're talking about motivational gifts from Romans chapter 12. They're called motivational gifts because they deal with our core motives. That's why whenever you're trying to diagnose what is that person's motivational gift from Romans 12, you're likely to get it wrong. And the reason you're likely to get it wrong is that it is a motivational gift. It manifests in different ways that they're doing things. And God has not given you the gift of suspicion to know what their motives are. Come on, you guys know that the gift of suspicion does not exist. Actually, it does. It's a gift straight out of hell from the devil. And so, so, and that gift exists in churches. It's an amazing thing. I watched watch that gift move. And so it's, a, it's alive and well from the devil. We understand that. But a lot of times we will get other people wrong in the motivational gifts because they are a person's motive. And then they live out that motive in a whole bunch of other ways, right? So I did a little experiment with myself to illustrate this morning. I'm wondering if I got it right, and I found I'm only about 50% accurate. Where I thought, well, I bet you this person's got that gift. And they took the gifts test, and I was completely wrong. The reason being is God doesn't show me your motive. He looks at your motive, but he doesn't reveal it to me. A lot of people think that because I'm a pastor, I have Superman's x-ray vision. I don't. These are the motivational gifts. So, and then next week, we'll talk about what I like to call the instantaneous gifts. How many of you guys like things fast and instantaneous? These are the microwave gifts. You know what I'm saying? And that's going to be the 1 Corinthians 12 there were, uh, gifts that we're going to talk about there. And then the October 25th gifts are going to be people gifts. These are people that God works over and releases, and they become God's gift to man, if you will. So, uh, again, this is going to be a two-part message today. And since I don't have to pre- time to preach two parts, the second half will be on this week's podcasts that will start Monday morning. Let's read Romans 12, 3 through 8. It says... For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another." Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Would you say, let us use them? That's the theme of the whole message. If you're not using your spiritual gift, you're unfulfilled in Christ. One way you can tell is if church feels like a duty to you, you're not using your spiritual gift. If living for Jesus feels like a duty to you, you're not using your spiritual gift. Because when you're using it right, it's very fulfilling. And so... He says, let us use them. If, for example, he says, this is not meant to be an exhaustive list, but he says, if prophecy in proportion to your faith, if service in our serving, 
the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now, in our podcast, we're going to break these down and go into the details of what each one is. For this morning, it's meant to inspire us to use our gifts. Now, I remember as a child, one of the most precious gifts that was given to me on Christmas. Do you guys remember a certain Christmas in your past where there was a surprise gift that created an emotional memory in you? Does anybody have one of those? Hopefully not a negative one. I mean, a positive emotional memory. You have one of those in your past there? Yeah, I've got one. It was my brother had the most amazing fish tank ever. I watched him build it, put it together, build a stand. It was a multi-month process, and I always wanted a fish tank. It was my heart's desire. And we had this one Christmas where there was gifts under the tree, and there was this really large gift that had no name on it. And, of course, as the youngest child, I was always saying, who's this for? No one would answer. And so we opened all the gifts, and there's this one large gift that is left there. And finally, I just got up the courage, and I said, can I open that gift? And uh, my brother said, sure, if you want to. I said, really? He said, yeah. And I opened it up, and it was a fish tank. And I said, that's the most amazing thing ever. Who's it for? And he said, well, I suppose if you want it, you could keep it. I said, you mean, really? And I'm looking around to see if anybody else is vying for this thing. And he said, no, if you want it, it's yours. And I didn't have to ask again. I just said, it's mine. And so I took that uh, fish tank and over, I mean, multiple years I invested in that fish tank. I had the most fun with it. You know, I, I invested in it. Man, you learned out fish tanks are expensive. You have to do maintenance on it, you know what I'm saying? And then every time I'd have a friend over, I'd take them back into my fish tank and show them the cool stuff about my fish tank. So that's kind of the theme is that God gives you a gift and if you will treasure it like a fish tank, it will become meaningful to you and you will find yourself feeling fulfilled in your purpose in Christ. So let's break Romans chapter 12 down and look at how we can be more fulfilled. So in verse 3 it says, Think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. God has assigned you a measure of faith and me a measure of faith. And then we're going to use our gifts according to that measure of faith, okay? So when I, I, I the, the point I put is don't reject it, accept it. So whenever I saw the fish tank and I asked if it was for me, the first order of business was to accept it as my fish tank. This was a gift given to me, and I'm excited about it. You got to get excited about your gift and learn to like it. So let me give a gift illustration this morning. Let's start with the gift of serving. Some people have the gift of serving. Others learn to serve. By the way, if you want to learn to serve, get yourself connected to a person with the gift of serving, and they'll teach you how. That's because they live every single moment to serve because it's what fulfills them. As a pastor, I've kind of learned that people with the gift of serving 
struggle to delegate to others. You know why? That's because they're so fulfilled in serving, they don't want anybody else to do anything. They just want to do it themselves. And you have to inspire them. You know, give someone else an opportunity, will you? Delegate and help them learn from you. So, um, did we get uh, Travis and Patricia uh, logged in? Travis and Patricia are leading our uh, at-risk group, and we're going to try something new with entertainment here. Uh, this is finagling technology. All of Can you guys hear us? Yes. Hey, we can hear them too. <laughs> Come on now. Now, if you don't know, Patricia had a lung transplant a few years ago. So she, they're, they're, they're leading our at-risk group. They meet in the storehouse. And if you know someone that is at risk, my pastoral angst through this entire pandemic has been Isolation will kill you as fast as COVID will. So we got to figure out ways to fellowship and relate to one another without isolation. And they are leading the charge. And so they're, they're leading our at-risk group. We're finding out some, some mamas that um, are pregnant, they don't want to take risks. Okay, well, that's a great place for you. It's a great place for some seniors. It's a great place if you are in relationship with someone that you're serving, that you don't want to, you're, you're like, I'm really afraid of being a carrier of COVID to that person. The at-risk group is for you. And so Travis and Patricia have agreed to lead that. And I thought they had a couple of gifts that I was completely wrong about them. <laughs> That's because God has not given me the gift of suspicion. So when they took the spiritual gifts test online, they both came up with the gift of serving. That means if you go to the at-risk group, you're going to be served well back there. I'm here to tell you. Come on now. So I began to say, well, you know, tell me how, uh, so you scheduled, you, you kind of scored high with the gift of serving. How does that lived out in your life? And Travis began to re-relate a story to me where he uh, served nine and a half years in a daycare in Ozark, serving children in a program, and just loved it, serving kids there. I thought, oh, I guess that makes sense. And I said, Patricia, what about you? And she said, well, I helped Jill put up all the fall decorations in this building, and I just thought it was just the most awesome time ever. The gift of serving. Compare that to me as a person who does not have the gift of serving, Asked me to put up fall decorations, and I'm like, I'll do it, but it's going to the cross. I mean, I'm, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I can learn from people with the gift of service, right? Travis and Patricia, are you still with us? Yeah, you are. Give a big shout out yeah. and say, come to the at-risk group. Yes, come to the at-risk group. All right, love you guys. Thank you guys. Give them a big hand. They're doing temperature checks, um, and they're not taking their masks off at all. It's, it's a much more safe environment, if you will. They got seven back there today. Come on. They got seven back there. People, come on. Praise the Lord. So, I mean, what I'm saying, and we just believe the Lord gave us this vision because of the leadership gift that God put in me said, I cannot allow people to stay in isolation. I don't want to overexpose them. And take extra risk, but I cannot allow them to stay in isolation. That's the leadership gift manifesting in me. So I come up with a creative way. 
an at-risk group that works well, okay? And then um, the gift of prophecy is another one that is common. Ironically, prophecy is used in all three, all three sets of gifts. You'll see it reappear over and over again. So I began to ask the question, who scored high in prophecy? Well, uh, Jackie Deck scored pretty high in prophecy, but it wasn't her highest score. So I said, Jackie, Jackie would you stand up and just say, yeah, her and Caleb are house church leaders, so thank you for leading a house church so faithfully during the time when we were shut down. Thank you, you can sit down. Uh, but uh, I was curious about how this manifests in her life. She scores highest in the gift of exhortation. But then the prophecy gift is like right up there as a number two so I was said, well, how does this come out in your life? And what it is, she gets prophecies for people, but they're always encouraging prophecies. Now, now you know, I mean, you know, we, we tried, if you're operating the gift of prophecy, encouragement, exhortation, comfort, you know what I'm saying? But almost, if you ever need encouragement, say, hey, Jackie, can you prophesy to me? Because, I mean, you know, because almost all of her prophecies are going to be encouraging in nature, because she's putting those two gifts together, see? So that's just an illustration. We'll talk more about on the, that on the podcast. So what we want to do is we want to not reject our gift, but accept our gift and learn to, to grow in it. So then in verse 4, Romans 12, it says, In one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. Would you look at somebody and say, you're different than me? Intentionally so. God made the members different than one another. So we don't want to strive. We want to thrive in our gift, right? So after you get your precious gift of a fish tank that you've been longing for all your life, the first thing you learn is that fish tanks are incredibly expensive. You don't really get the shock until you go to the store for the first time. And then you have this experience of, you want how much for that fish? And so you start buying fish and you realize, I don't have the money to buy the fish that I want. So you start saving up and you reinvest in fish over and over again. But what I find, now your spiritual gift is going to cost you, by the way. If you want to be fulfilled in your gift, it's going to cost you something. And that's okay because it's worth it. There's great fulfillment in it. But what I find a lot of Christians doing with their spiritual gift, and this is the reason they're not fulfilled, is that now my fish tank was this amazing fish tank with a variety of fish. I saved up money and I bought unique fish and different kinds of fish. I bought a fish book. I studied on each one. But what I find some of you are doing, what you're doing is you're going down and you're buying a little fish bowl that looks like this. And then you put a few rocks in the bottom, throw some water in it, and you go down and buy one fish. And then, isn't that wonderful? That's an amazing fish and thing. You throw some food in every once in a while. And after about a month, it dies. <laughs> and you have a toilet bowl funeral. And you think like you've done your thing. That's fine with fish, but you'll never be fulfilled in your spiritual gift if you treat it that way. You're going to have to invest in it more, right? And so, um, you know, I found, for example, in my fish tank, everybody starts off with the cheap, pretty fish. Those are called guppies. <laughs> so, yep, 
I filled up my fish tank with guppies. The problem with guppies is that they have these really big, colorful, beautiful tails. And you're like, man, I've got the most amazing thing going on ever. Until you put any other fish in there. That's because it seems like almost every other fish wants to bite the guppy's tail. And so what happens is they mingle together, and before you know it, all your guppies have no tails left because all the other fish are biting the tails. And I find that people in church are this way. People bite one another and whatnot. And so we have to kind of grow in this area and learn to not bite each other. And being an adventurous guy that I am, I felt the need to throw things together. So, it, you know, after I'd gotten different varieties of fish, one day I went down and bought myself a piranha. <laughs> I've always wanted one. And you can imagine what happened. You throw a predator in there, and the piranha, he ate just about everything else in there. The only thing he did not eat, I had a frog in there. And it seemed like that piranhas and frogs can live together. But that's it. Otherwise, all the other fish died. My piranha got bigger. But, uh... <laughs> so we don't want to be a piranha with our gift. We want to serve one another with our gifts. We want to love. That's why Paul said love is not a spiritual gift. Everybody's called to love. In the way you use your gift. Right? Let's go into some gift illustrations. So uh, at Abundant Life, we have uh, a couple of people that have uh, gone through marriage enrichment and marriage counseling courses. Greg Barton, would you stand up? He and his wife, Janine. Janine's back serving with the children. They, are, uh, they deal with marriage enrichment and marriage um, uh, counseling, pre-marriage counseling. John and, Jerry, are you, John and Jerry, would you just stand up? They do marriage counseling. They've gone through courses and whatnot. So I thought I'd have a little fun with Greg and Janine. Now, I got this one right. I suspicioned <laughs> that Greg and Janine both had the gift of exhortation. And they took the spiritual gifts tests that we posted, and sure enough, they both come up, and their number one score is the gift of exhortation. But their secondary gifts are different. Janine has more of a secondary gift in, uh, I think it's prophecy, and some of those kinds of things. And Greg's got more of a secondary gift in teaching. So here's how this manifests in marriage enrichment. Janine will look at you with a smile and point out, and, you know, exhortation can mean to urge. So she'll look at you with her smiley face and begin to point out some things that you're not doing right. And it, you just need to make a little change and your marriage will get better. In pre-marriage, they actually make you take a little test and find out all your problems. And Jeanine kind of likes that <laughs> section of the... You know what I'm saying? Then what I will see is that Greg will follow that up and say, oh, you got problems. Let me encourage you with that. And then he'll begin to teach you about how to overcome those problems in your marriage. And that's something. And God put these gifts uniquely together to make for marriage counseling and marriage enrichment. Isn't that just awesome? And you're fulfilled as you use your gifts. Another gift that the Scripture lists is giving or contributing. And uh, giving is an interesting gift. I don't have it. Um, 
but I have trained under those that do. Because I don't have the gift of giving, I'm a quick giver. I'm a fast giver. Because I know that I won't think about it later. So, for example, when they were up here talking about the nurses, and by the way, it is a real need. I was at the restaurant um, coffee shop the other day, and um, there were some nurses that serve in the COVID unit that sat next to me so I could hear their conversation. And the moment they started talking, they started talking about how hard it is and I began to hear stories of serving in the COVID unit. And I thought, man, you guys are under some stress. And so we do want to give into this. So, because, so, so we're excited about our vision, so I do encourage you to give. So what I did, I thought, I don't have the gift of giving, therefore I'm likely to forget about it, right? So what I do is I immediately got out my app and started fiddling around while Jared's leading in worship. I'm trying to give online. And I wasn't logged in, so I got to back out, log in, you know what I'm saying, and was able to get my gift given, at least I think I did. And so I wanted to make sure I got the money out of my hands because I don't have the gift of giving and I'm going to forget about it. But I have people who have the gift of giving that have trained me. Do you know that my wife has the gift of giving? This is one of her higher scores. And so I begin to say, how is that manifested? How is the gift of giving manifest? And I began to figure it out. Have you guys seen those little emails that go out that says, take them a meal? Do you know that it's a cross for her not to sign up for that thing? If she feels like someone else needs to sign up, she will, she will sit there and chomp at the bit waiting, looking at it several times a day because what she really wants to do is put her name on that thing. And then not only that, but when one of those things goes out and she signs up, it doesn't matter if we're doing a take them a meal for an older couple that eats just, you know, a little bitty portions of food. She feels the need to make this five-course dinner. She just thinks it's sin not to bring this full spread. And I know because i got to package it all up, Right? So it manifests itself in the way that you give. And I got to thinking about, um, you know, all of the shutdowns that we've been through. What did she immediately do? She started putting together these, what are these called? They're not just bags that went to the children. What were they called? Goodie bags or gift bags. And it just came natural to, us, to, to her to think. And then I went to the store with her. We bought, you know, and I began to see, you know, it's just natural to her to figure out what to give these kids that will be special to her. So the gift of giving can manifest in that way. We'll talk on the podcast about how to give in generosity and simplicity that makes it more fulfilling. And then the gift of mercy. We, we were laughing about this one because we took the spiritual gifts test in our office and mercy just wasn't showing its head. I'm like, I... I, I, I <laughs> So, so we began to wonder about that. So then, then we, uh, we did the house church leaders and said, does anybody have the gift of mercy in here? So I had to reach out and uh, found out that Liz Frater's got the gift of mercy. She scored a 15, which is like way up there. So I said, Liz, tell me how that's lived out. And she said, I always look for the outcast or the person on the fringe, and I like to befriend them. I believe that I am God's emissary to bring healing and hope to his little lambs. Compassion takes development and interruption of our day 
schedules, and lifestyles so we can reach the lost and the hurting. I do not have the gift of mercy because I do not like my schedule being interrupted. (laughs) But I submit myself to those who have that gift and let them impart to me. Let's go on to the next verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 5. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Now we're going to get to the maintenance of it. In my fish tank, what I learned was fish tanks, I I figured out why people buy these little bitty bowls, throw a little rock in, a little water, and throw a single fish in there. It's because they don't want to maintenance the thing. When it's done, they can just throw it all out and start over. My fish tank required maintenance. I'm talking about scum forms on the sides. You got to take it out and scrub that stuff. Fish poop gets stuck down in the rocks. You got to empty that out and clean the rocks. And then the filter just gets filthy with ever manner of vile thing. (laughs) And you got to take that out and you got to clean that filter. And I'm here to tell you that relationships require maintenance. Is anybody in a relationship that requires maintenance? You got to work at relationships for them to be any good. Come on now. But these relationships are super fulfilling when you're willing to work at them. So we don't want to neglect them. We want to reflect the gift that God has given us. So I was thinking about a couple of gifts. For example, one gift is the gift of leadership. That is a gift that God gave me. And the reason it's a spiritual gift is before I was saved, I did not have one ounce of leadership in me. Not a, nothing. I was the ultimate wallflower, and I loved it. I lived to be a flower on your wall. <laughs> and then I got saved, and in a very short amount of time, people started following me. And at first I said, what's wrong with you people? Because I'm still looking to be a wallflower, but people, if, and w- what happens though, if I was a wallflower, people would become a wallflower. And then if I started serving for Jesus, people would start serving for Jesus. And if I started leading a Bible study, people would come and be a part of the Bible study. He also gave me the gift of teaching. And it took me years to figure this out. What happened? What changed in my life? It was a spiritual impartation that came. And then I begin to look around, well, who else has the gift of leadership? And it says, lead with zeal. If you have this, we'll talk more about that on the podcast. But Natalie, my daughter, scored really high in the gift of leadership. Now, the reason that is so interesting to me is that as a child, basically, if you knew Natalie, she was nothing but a bubbly, laughing kid that spent about half of her life laughing. But as an adult, as she matured in Christ, she runs a daycare. And I'm here to tell you, she got a vision. And she'll hire you and fire you fast (laughs) in accordance with that vision. That gift of leadership manifests itself with, um, with vision that God gave them. Now, what was comical to me is that Pastor Jared scored really high on teaching. So he has the gift of teaching. So I begin to examine 
Well, how is he living that out? By the way, it did not start with teaching from the pulpit. There's nothing more detestable than a person who has the gift of teaching that is not learning to serve at the same time. It's okay to be a person who serves but doesn't teach. It's not okay to be a person who teaches but doesn't serve. I wonder if that's why God had me train initially under Pastor Holly's leadership. We came down and cleaned the church. I'm serving. Went back and watched babies in the nursery. I'm serving. Never, not teaching. Doing nothing. I trained under the gift of serving and giving and some of those less visible gifts before I ever got to teach. And so, uh, Pastor Jared's gift did not immediately manifest in public teaching. You want to know how it manifested? He is one of the most gifted uh, guitar, guitarists we've ever come across in Abundant Life. And so, he's trained in it, he's gifted, believe he probably could have gone professional in it, but he's never desired to do that. If I... If I don't interrupt his life, you know what he will always do? He will always schedule more people to teach the guitar to. And he finds extreme fulfillment in teaching other people to do the guitar like he does and to teach other people to sing like he does. And ultimately, this will manifest in his life in public teaching. If you look at their marriage relationship, it would be fascinating to look at how the gift of leadership and the gift of teaching interact with two people in marriage. It would be comical. I think it is comical. We don't want to neglect the gift. We want to reflect the gift. And then lastly, let's read from Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Would you say, let us use them? The Bible teaches this principle of use it or lose it. It's taught in the Old Testament. Jesus taught it multiple times that God gives us His gifts, but every single one of them is a use it or lose it principle. So we want to use our gifts so we don't lose our gifts. We want to use our gifts so that we grow in our gifts. I remember back to my fish tank. I used to think my fish tank was the best thing since sliced bread. So I would tell everybody about it. I'd take them in there and show them my piranha as it was eating other fish. <laughs> I'd show them my frog that stood up to the piranha. And I was so fulfilled in it because I was using the gift that was given to me. So it is in Christ. And I want to maybe warn, then I want to challenge. The warning I would give is that in all of the craziness that is going on in our society right now, people are less inclined to use their gifts. That's because the main advice that we're being given is don't, 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 don't. And if we're not careful, that will seep into our motivational gift and we will stop using our motivational gift. And the warning is, if you're not using your motivational gift, 
you'll become unfulfilled in Christ. And the longer you go unfulfilled in Christ, the more likely are you are to check out of Christ. And many have. You see, we want to use our gift. So that's the warning. Now I'm going to go to the challenge. The challenge is this. In spite of COVID, in spite of all the fear and the anger that is out there, in spite of the crazy world we live in, I challenge you to use your motivational gift to serve Jesus and serve people. Find a way. It looks different than it used to. That's okay. Find a way to serve Jesus and serve people and you'll be more fulfilled in your relationship with Christ. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week podcast. Sermons are livecasted every Sunday, 10 a.m. Central, on Facebook and YouTube. Find out more about us by visiting our Facebook page or visiting our website at Abundant.us.